This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show, Tuesday edition, July 11th, of course. Uh, Jim and myself always bring Tuesday back, uh, improving Tuesday. Terrific Tuesday, everybody. Ma- making Tuesday uh, get, get a little bit more respect. Yeah. Tuesday is not respect. forgotten day of the week. It is. Everybody detests Mondays, but yeah. at least that's some attention for Monday. Yeah, at least it's, <laughs> at least, yeah. Wednesday's hump day, we're halfway there. Thursday is thirsty Thursdays. Everybody knows that. That's the early start to the weekend. And then Friday, yeah. Saturday, that's the weekend. Sunday's okay, and now the week's coming. But Tuesday's forgotten, Every, and we're, we're going to remember yeah, Tuesday. I'm remembering Tuesday. I'm always in on Tuesday. Um, again, it doesn't get respect. I mean, Monday's like that bad kid in class who's not getting attention at home and has to lash out at school. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't like that comparison, did you? Why are you – well, I always just looked at that child and said, why are you acting up? But now I get it. Yeah, because he's the Monday of kids. There's, the, there's that old comedian that said, I came home one day, there was a badger in the garage. I went in, my dad was sitting in his favorite chair. I said, there's a badger in the garage. Short, long story short, father came into the garage, took a shovel to the badger about 78 times, and he said, that's when I realized dad's got more going on than a badger in the garage. <laughs> And that's when you realize that kid at school's got more going on than yep. just acting up at school. He's got more going on than and just And so you Monday. help them, right? You want to yeah. act up all you want, where, however you feel is the need. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, um, lots to get to here uh, over the course of the show. Of course, uh, the cap issues, this is, the cap is really, I don't know, you know, it feels like it's been really, really, uh, it's it's always, of course, the cap is always, since it's been implemented, has always been top of mind and in, in, involving anything. But as this cap crunch gets extended year, 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 and it gets closer and closer, and there's less and less space every single year, um, and, and this year more than any other, how is that going to affect uh, the Winnipeg Jets? Can they even do anything? Can they make a trade? And do the teams that that potentially the players that they're looking to to move, could they even bring them in, even if they wanted to? I mean, this is this is a big this is a big ongoing thing in the National Hockey League. We'll get to that. I'll ask Jim who the youngest uh, team in the league is and who's the oldest. Oh, wow. I'm going to ask you that coming up uh, after the sports minute uh, at 1225. Uh, but first, uh, joined now by Jets writer with the Athletic, Murat Atesh, joining us. Hello, Murat. Hi, how are you? Doing, Doing well, good. Murat. Terrific Tuesday to you, my friend. Yeah. Terrific Tuesday to you. Happy to be part of your attempt to reclaim Tuesdays. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah it's a small well, it's a small campaign now, <laughs> but we're hoping it catches steam. <laughs> if we reclaim it, we'll give you a piece of it. <laughs> yeah, I've been on the ground floor, I'd like to think. There we go. Yeah, exactly. yes. Early investment. Uh, so I was reading your piece in The Athletic, uh, Murat, um, uh, about centered around development camp. Of course, I was down there for Thursday and Friday, and uh, there was a lot of good feelings. How how, how, have, how have you, uh, uh, you know, now that it's a few days uh, removed, how, how did you feel about the entire camp and potentially uh, where it could take things? Yeah, it was really important for the Jets to have it at all. Remember, it's been a few years since they've been able to do that. Mm -hmm. Certainly pandemic implications changed that. And then last summer, between some injury concerns of certain prospects, the pipeline not as full, they decided not to have one at all, though most teams had gone back to it. So to have one and then to have Rutger McGroarty and Colby Barlow and Chaz Lucius and Brad Lampert and Dom DeVincentis and Thomas Millich and Danny Zilkin come in and just be lights out in terms of how they interacted with fans, um, the, 
general disposition in the room, the way that they all seem to bond. And there's many more players than I named, but it's a, it's a limited time segment, right? So to have that sort of energy in um, hockey for all center was, I think, significant for the organization in a lot of ways. I mean, Jets fans will be excited that Rucker McGordy is more than just his character and vibes. He projects to be a solid top six or top nine winger in the NHL. Colby Barlow, Brad Lambert, all these first-round picks, and Chaz Lucius as well. Like, there's so much skill there. But I think it was a nice little palate cleanse for from the season for guys, uh, for totally. fans, for players, for everybody to just come in and experience some joy, too. Yeah, and that's the, the the greatest part about it was just the interaction of it to see people back down there and, and to see the players taking it all in too. And really, Murat, with everything this organization goes through on trying to get free agents and, and what it's recently gone through by trying to keep some of the, the key members they have, um, you never know how it's going to work out for some of these players that were at development camp five, seven years from now, but you at least put the groundwork into, hey, th- this is a good place. Absolutely. You want to give people a good impression of Winnipeg. And, you know, in a world where I know you'll be talking some cap, I don't know if we want to get into it with me too, but in a world where spending is limited in certain areas, I've always daydreamed like, well, what can Winnipeg do to, you know, really boost its impression upon NHL players, uh, you know, in the long haul? One of the ways that they can do that is by incorporating prospects, obviously through development camps at this time of year, as well as anything they can do to integrate their NHL-level players when it's such a beautiful uh, season that we have here, um, give them positive experiences. I know they did the escape room. I know they went to a Gold Eyes game. Some of these are going to be among their absolute formative memories in NHL circles. And yes, that was the case for previous Winnipeg Jets who are no longer Winnipeg Jets, right? Like Patrick Laine didn't skate, but he was at development camp. Jacob Truba was a hit at development camp. Things happen. Life happens. But if you're the Winnipeg Jets, you want to put your very best foot forward in every sort of aspect of, of organizational building that you can. And to that effect, I think they had success this week. Yeah, there's no doubt. It brought those positive vibes, just like just like you mentioned, Murad. I mean, there'd been, you know, it's it's been sort of doom and gloom uh, since Game Five against Vegas, uh, and then it's kind of been like a situation where it's like, okay, what next? All these guys, you know, pending UFAs, you know, the RFA situation with Pierre Luc Dubois. It, it just seemed like there was going to be a lot of upheaval and a lot of change coming, and it, it, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of bright feelings, I should say. And then you you start to see some of these guys that they picked up, and you start to learn more about them, and and you you see them on the ice. And again, it was it was it was certainly July hockey out there, um, but that's exactly what it was supposed to be. It, those guys were out there to have fun. They're not there to, uh, you know, in in a lot of forms, trying to prove to everybody why they went when they went in the draft. Yeah, that's a great point, too. July hockey is a great way to put it. You know, people are always asking, well, who who are your takeaways as the stars of the camp? Or, you know, who projects to play in what league or what have you based mm-hmm. on what you saw? But that's it's not a high-intensity camp. It's they're, they're, A lot of the drills are about getting familiarity with each other. It's less about playing through traffic. They've certainly got competitive in some three-on-three action, but it's not about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And one of the reasons why is a lot of these guys are at different stages of their off-season development as well. I mean, Chaz Lucius had shoulder surgery in, in the winter. He hasn't played since January. Um, he's just a couple weeks away from taking contact. Rucker McGrory went into the Frozen Four, so that puts his end-of-season date at one date. But Brad Lambert went to the Memorial Cup, so that's a different one. Um, and so all of these guys are at different stages of what their off-season training would look like. 
Um, they're not all ramped up for about to start their season. So it's really just about chemistry, about touches, familiarity, getting to know the Jets, getting to know the development team on the Jets as well. And I think those are the takeaways. We'll save the real hot takes for September camp when some of these guys come back. I do want to talk cap with you, and we only have a couple minutes, but I'm the thing that has surprised me the most is the lack of money. And I don't mean cap-wise, but just what teams are willing to do. Is there a chance that the Jets circle back on the Connor Hellebucks, the Mark Shifleys, and go, look, if you can't go find yourself or we can't find you a home that's going to extend you for six or seven years at $8 million plus or $9 million, would you consider a three-year, $7.5 million deal? And, and I'm wondering about Connor Hellebuck. Like, I'm wondering what you feel and then what you're hearing, Murat, about how the Jets could circle back around those key players in particular with the fact that the Bertuzzi contract, even the Debrinkat contract, they're just, they're, the Tarasenko, there's not a lot of term and a lot of money out there right now. Yeah, this is still a bit of fallback from pandemic economics with the NHL. Um, in terms of the cap, you know, a few years ago, it used to be that while well, the cap goes up a couple million every year, that's a surefire thing. So even though GM spent a lot of money, there was always a sort of guarantee or in it, this feeling that there would be more room in the future. And that was true until buildings were empty in a lot of ways during uh, 2020, 2021, et cetera. And we're still experiencing the fallout of that. Next year, the cap is projected to go up by about $3 million or so. That'll be the first substantial jump in a long time if that comes to fruition. So what you're seeing around the NHL is a lot of teams are capped out because they are dealing with the fallout of a cap that didn't increase as they anticipated it would be. A lot of players want just one year now because not only them, but the teams will have more money to throw around starting next season, everybody believes. Um, so these long-term big-ticket money deals are hard to come by. And so if you're a team looking to acquire Pierre-Luc Dubois, or sorry, pardon me, Connor Halepuk or Mark Scheifele, and you're thinking about the cost of their extension, well, that's a little bit tough right now. And your idea about circling back and looking at a short-term deal, I think Winnipeg would love it. I think Winnipeg would absolutely love to pay these 30-year-old players fair value for a short-term that's not seven, eight years. It's not um, one of those high-risk scenarios of, well, how good will Connor Hellebuck be in four years? Carey Price faded. I mean, um, Sergei Bobrovsky faded. A lot of guys in that echelon have yet, haven't proved that they can do it every single year throughout their 30s. Um, I think it comes down to what the players want in that scenario. And if Connor Hellebuck wants to be around short term as opposed to chasing his UFA ticket next summer, well, that would help the Jets an awful lot. I still think with the cap expected to go up, it's going to be tempting for these guys to see what they can get next summer. Murad Atesh, Jets writer with The Athletic, uh, joining us. Murad, always a pleasure. You take care, okay? Great thoughts. Thank you for having me. Enjoy Tuesday again, my friend. Absolutely. Keep enjoying your Tuesday. Yeah, keep enjoying your terrific Tuesday. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what we're going to get it into at, at after 1230. Exactly what Marat was saying there about this entire situation around the cap. Um, I mean, it's a, it's a different entity right now. Yeah, it does. You can, it, 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 I mean, I'm not a GM, but it blew my mind about what's out there, what's not, the one-year deals. And I'm wondering, like, if you want $9 million a year and it's not there... Would you take two years of 14 mil and then go do it again? This is what we're going to talk about. Let's take a break. After the sportsman will come back, can Jim tell me? Don't look. Can Jim tell me you're going to cheat?
You know me, I rarely look anything up. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the youngest uh, team? Oh, Who's that. the oldest team in the league? We'll get to that after this. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. We'll be right back. Talk cap. What do you think is going to happen over the rest of the offseason? We'll get, the, uh, get into that as uh, the show goes on. Uh, but first, Jim, I promised you a little bit of a little quiz here over the, over the yes, last minute. Yes. Uh, according to Cap Friendly depth charts, based on the current projected lineups, these are the teams with the youngest average age. Who is the youngest team right now, according to Cap Friendly in the National Hockey League? Youngest team I'm going to go with... It's like fractions making this team, like fractions, like almost an irrelevant. Montreal Canadiens. No, they're number six. Number one is the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, really? Average age 25.3. Okay. Ottawa's number two, and then New Jersey number three. I was going to say New Jersey. Bodes well. Arizona is four, and then Buffalo number five. Oldest, I think, is Boston. Boston is 28th. Oldest, Pittsburgh, and it's not even close. Oh. By over a point, 31.1. And they're trying to get Carlson. <laughs> so that'll make them older or more old. Listen, the Pittsburgh Penguins have three cups with this current era in there. You'll take that every day. But listen, they're going to they're gonna be going through some growing pains. They're going to have a de- over a decade of them. They're going to be the pits. They're going to have to pass the torch. It's just they're so old. The torch is really heavy right now. <laughs> we'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Welcome back. Have all the big dominoes fall fallen? Have they fallen? Have they dropped? Did you hear that fall? <laughs> that was Alex Debrinkit hitting the ground. I dropped something there. Pierre it's Dorian. It's a couple names that we're going to talk about. Do you <laughs> Pierre, want to help me pick them up? Pierre Dorian uh, <laughs> said... Uh, Alex Debrinkit, they felt like that they optimized their return. It sounds like that Debrinkit didn't give him really any options. He was going to go to Detroit, and that was pretty much it. Well, and that's and Detroit had the room, right? So the difference between Pierre Luc Dubois wanting to go to Montreal is Montreal doesn't have what you want, mm-hmm. and they can't fit it in. At a, you, like you're not paying Dubois eight point five, and your captain seven point eight. Yeah, not happening. So uh, they they kind of did it to themselves. I don't know why Montreal's upset. Yeah. Like you, well, just come out, come with a realistic offer. Why would he take it if he's going to get eight point five somewhere else? It's like the Jets were dancing around it and pretending like they weren't after roster players. So here's what I I heard, and it's not from an insider stuff. It's just legitimate, um, not legitimate. Just like take this for what you will is what it. Yeah. But I heard Kevin Chevaldeoff sat down and said, "This is the price." I hear Kevin Chevaldeoff sits down a lot of the times and says, "This is the price." And so when Evander Kane years ago asked for a trade three seasons in a row, there were teams knocking and he said, this is the price. A lot of people take me to task on this, but I know for a fact they shopped Shifley and Wheeler last year. Mm -hmm. And this was the price. And I know a lot, well, not a lot, but some teams said, and and quote me on this, do right by Blake Wheeler, i.e. eat some salary and here's an offer, we'll take him from you. Mm -hmm. And the Jets said... We don't have to do right by Blake Wheeler. We've done right by Blake Wheeler. This is the cost. And if you don't want to pay it, then good luck trying to get him after we buy him out. But the point to this is, is 
I kind of, Sheveldayoff has to do that, right? Like yeah. he's got no leverage unless you make it leverage. <laughs> unless you, unless you go, le- this, you this is what it. it is. Yeah. So I know a lot of people think he's backed into a corner, and I believe he is. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of times that he's behind the eight ball. It's the toughest job in the NHL being in Winnipeg and not having a Connor McDavid to help sell your city with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of, you kind of have to go, <laughs> look, I'm in a corner, but you want this player. And I'm not just giving him to you just to alleviate the problem. I think Dorian was in a different scenario where he had to go like, I can't. He wants to go to like it's where this didn't work for Kevin Sheveldayoff was the New York Rangers and Truba. Truba said the New York area, New Jersey, New York, the Islanders. And then yeah. once he circled around those teams as opposed to the other six, I think Pittsburgh wanted Truba pretty bad. Yeah. I, then all of a sudden out of the blue, Truba goes, I'm sorry, I changed my mind. It's not the New York area. It's the New York Rangers. And then he's kind of got to go, you know, well, give us this or that. But then he's, I, I'm told he stands tall and goes, it's Pionk and this first this pick. Yeah. And they try to go, oh, what about this guy? What about that guy? Yeah. And maybe he moves on a guy, I don't know. But he's basically this is the this is what it takes. So this is the dance that's going on right now and is ongoing now. I mean, what do you think? And, and the, the little sorry, yeah. can I just finish this thought. The little bit of leverage he has is is like Dubois, then you don't get him next year. Yeah. Hey LA, if you don't want to pay this, then I'm might ship him somewhere else for a less package and you don't get him. That's exactly right. And then he goes to free agency, and you don't have your second-line center this year. And, and he, then you can risk it next year, but you want to wait a year. You were in the playoffs. Like, you, he's in a corner, but you can also sort of, I don't know how better to describe it, but to stand tall and go, you want this player, though. Yeah. Like, I'm in a corner, but you want him. You can tell when, when, that, when that happens. And so what else is going to happen? Is there other trades? I mean, the Leafs, I mean, when you put Muzzin on LTIR there, Jake Muzzin defenseman, he's, you know, you know, potentially career-ending uh, injury there. Jake Muzzin uh, on LTIR, they got $3.2 million, so they're going to have to make a move. The Leafs are going to have to make a move. They can carry 10% into camp, so I think they would be okay as of right now. Um, but, you know, Tarasenko, he's going to sign somewhere. Kane and Taves will pick if and when both of those guys get healthy. Uh, but like a major trade, I mean, is, is there really something on the books now? I, I, I keep, and I wonder why, and I know that, that, that Pierre-Luc Dubois did this and, and it, it seems like he just wanted to have a long-term deal. He got to pick where he wanted to go, then he could stand pat and whatever that that's what he wanted. That's, that's, that's what I respect. But if you really are going to be going after money, Jim, and you're going to try to be maxing your cash, why would you sign this year if you didn't have to? This is the question, right? Well, and that's why I think, like, so Hellebuck Unless, wants, unless Hellebuck comes up, somebody says to Hellebuck, listen, we're not going to give you nine because we just can't, but we'll give you eight, seven, five, or we'll give you eight and a half. And we'll give you eight years or we'll give you six years at that deal. If, if you can't, if I you think, can do eight and a half and you can't do nine, you can do nine. Yeah. Is my opinion. Because yeah. you're going to, like a $500,000 player doesn't exist. You got to move a player, mm-hmm. so you just move a two million dollar player and make the room. But here's here's the point that I'm I'm kind of leaning towards. Like Tyler Bertuzzi, one year, five and a half. Tarasenko's upset. Insiders, Elliot Friedman, Drager, yeah. all of them said that he was offered between a two and a six year contract at five and a half to six million dollars. He made over seven, and he's mad, and he turned it down. And what's he looking at now? He's looking at a one-year deal, maybe in Carolina, for yeah. five to six million, and he goes at it again next year when hopefully the cap's up. There's 
does Connor Hellebuck deserve nine million a year? Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. Do teams want to do it? Yes, they do. Can they? No, they can't. Not right now. And so, do you not, as a Jets team, go look at Kyle Connor's contract, Nick Ehlers, Josh Morrissey's, and go, "Hey, Connor, they can't even do the six point two year due this year in New Jersey. Do you want to give us two years extension? So mm-hmm. we'll pay you six point two this year." Take seven over the next two years, make twenty million dollars in the next three years, and go at free agency when you're thirty-one or two, and there's money out there. That's a good option. Well, for Connor, then all of a sudden Connor goes, Well, it's seven and a half. Let me see what's out there. His agent looks around. Who can do seven and a half? Are they contending teams? Do I have a better chance to win? Where are we at? And then you just sort of, that's the whole thing I'm looking at when the quote-unquote revisit Shifley and mm-hmm. and Hellebuck come up. Hellebuck says he's yeah. not resigning or uh, wants a chance okay. to win. I see what you're saying. It, it's when, you, when it's a revisit, it's not like, hey, we'll sign you to nine and a half for the next eight years. It's like, no, no, no. It's not nine. We'll, 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 yeah. pay, you, we'll pay you your equal value. Just as Murat was saying in, in the first segment, uh, Murat Atesh. Uh, we'll pay Jets you Rider. equal value. We're, we're going to pay you your value, yeah. but it's going to be a two or three. It's going to be a two-year deal. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's what I'm saying. Like Kyle Connor's still on this team in in three Kyle years. Kyle Connor's two years, or Ehlers is two years. Kyle Connor's three years. Yeah. Josh Morrissey's here for another three to four. Adam Lowry. You brought in Gabe Velarde. You brought in Ayafalo. Adam, Adam Lowry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, and and I think uh, Morrissey might be a little bit. So longer, but I think and we're going to do the same to Mark. We're going to go talk Morrissey's to Mark five and say, years. Hey, Mark, look at Tarasenko. Look at DeBrincat. He got seven and a half. You're making six. We'll give you seven and a half over two more years, and we'll keep this band back together. And so it's Hellebuck, Shifley, Gabe Velarde, maybe second line center. You got Kyle Connor, Ehlers, Josh Morrissey. But I know you guys want nine and 10. William Nylander wants 10. It's just not there. And if it is, maybe Seattle can do it. Arizona can. Mm-hmm. Do you want to go to Arizona for the next three to four years? Who would want that? And if you're Johnny Goudreau, maybe you do. Maybe I want to go to Columbus and take my eight and a half and just <laughs> eat just it. chill in the desert. But if you want to yeah. win, if you can find a team that wants to give you more than seven and a half and lock you up, hey, so be it. We'll try to work out a trade. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's players getting seven and a half, eight million dollars out other than to bring cats. So now there's another team that can't do it anymore, Detroit. <laughs> so you go do you would you consider you have a year left with us would you consider staying two more years three years total and we'll give you 14 and a half million dollars you'll make seven and a half or eight and did, you still have them in their prime yeah well it, it, it makes sense to me for the winnipeg jets to go at it at that at angle. least visit it right it makes so much sense to do that but again it takes two parties to tango here it and does. if connor hellebuck says no i'm gonna go somewhere else i need to change your scenery i don't feel like well it's up to the organization to convince His mind him. might be set on that he's like i'm having kids now i, I don't mind i don't mind it here i like yeah. my time here but i'm i'm i want to go in a new direction i would like like yeah. dubois yeah i want to solidify my future and i'm gonna continue to do it but at least then you know and i i honestly i don't know these guys <laughs> yeah. personally enough to know if they would th- but i would think that they would actually if you're trying to get nine and you can't See, Look at the teams that can give you seven it's, and a half. It's, it's, and if those teams yeah. aren't in contention or any more contention. It's so wild, Jim, because if you're a goaltender of Hellebuck standard, like if Andre Vasilevsky 
went to the market right now. A guy with two cups, four trips to the final, all that sort of thing. If he was available right now, he wouldn't get he wouldn't get the the money that he's made. He would not be getting nine and a half. The future for goaltending is Linus Allmark in my mind. You get goalies at six, maybe seven, and you build a team around them, even Vesna ones. For a goaltender to get that amount of cash in this era, you have to be uh, a, a born and bred player in that organization. Well, like I said, as, as a free agent, Jim, you're like as a goaltender going to a team. What Hellebuck wants to do, he wants to go to a team that has a chance to win a cup. Yeah. Well, the only way that you're going to get nine and a half as a goaltender moving to a team that's up and coming. Well, those guys have already like Buffalo has a little bit of cap space and and, and what are they going to do with it? New Jersey, they already have, they're right up against the cap already. It's just, it's not going to happen. Again, the idea of a 29, 30 year old getting seven, eight years or at, you know, eight or nine mil, I think is, is gone for the next two to three years. I think what you should do is maximize your two to three years. And then when you're 31, 32, then you capitalize on another four or five year, $5 million yeah. deal. Yeah. You, I mean, let's look and, at and you, you totally make 45 to $50 million over the next six years, as opposed to trying to hit a home run at seven years, $65 million. Yeah. And like, if you look at Buffalo, you know, they got some UFAs, Victor Olofsson, uh, uh, Zemgis Gergensen, you know, Kahlo Poso, Tyson Yost, those guys, you know, there'll, there'll be a little bit of money at the end of next year, Eric Johnson on, on defense, but they have to, they got to sign Owen power. They got to sign Rasmus Dahlin, who was going to get a big payday. Um, and, and they're going to like, they might have $6.7 million in cap space, but the New Jersey devils a year ago too had a heck of a lot of cap space. And guess what? They're right up against it now. See, and that's you, why you I say, it. if I'm Connor Hellebuck, I say, Hey, make this happen in New Jersey. I will sign seven years, five to six mil. Cause I'm going to have a chance to win for the next five years. In absolutely. A row. Absolutely. As opposed to Johnny Goudreau who got his nine, but I don't legitimately think he has a chance at the playoffs for two more years. And then, and he's already served a year. So that's three. And then once you get in the playoffs, do you have a legitimate chance to win the cup? I would take my chance in New Jersey to win a cup over five straight years at a discount in a heartbeat, but I'm really old and I like to win. (laughs) Yeah. If you are a goaltender heading into free agency and you want to go to an up and coming team like Connor Hellebuck wants to do, the nine and a million dollars is not going to work. It's not going to work this Enjoy year. It's not going to work Arizona, next. Then. It's not going to work next year. It's not going to work the year after that. And Arizona unless might the, not do it because they got a pretty good young goal. Unless the cap goes up 10, and, 10 and, 11 and million dollars. I rarely say this because especially with our listeners, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. None of us are, are getting rich here right now, but I just, if you want nine and a half million dollars, enjoy Arizona. Enjoy it. Enjoy Anaheim. Why does, why don't the, why don't the New Jersey devils send to Winnipeg? John Marino, who I've been really digging into lately, this is this is a a great defenseman, right side. Dawson Mercer, who the Devils have no chance of being able to sign next year, throw a pick in there. I'd ship Connor Hellebuck there tomorrow if that was offered. Yeah, and throw ever, in a and second pick too, and here you go. Laurent Brassois is your goaltender coming up in this year. Well, I again, yeah, I think that. And then Shifley, like this texture says, lead text to show all the dominoes will fall if Bergeron decides to retire Shife to Boston. Winnipeg to Swayman. And then you know what I do? Helly, And it's just else. me yeah. is I take Mark Shifley and I try to go get a goalie. I try to get J- Swayman or Vladar out of Calgary or Devin Wolf. And I throw in a pick that I just got back from my Connor Hellebuck trade. And I try to pry one of those young goalies out. But then Cam, your starting centers are most likely Gabe Velarde and Cole Perfetti and yeah. Adam Lowry. 
I so I I understand what they're trying to do, but my point was just the economics <laughs> of it. Like Tyler Bertuzzi next year is he's going to go to Toronto. He's going to put up a ton of points in that top six. And then he's going to try to get seven, eight million dollars a year. How difficult! And it is might this? not even be there then. How difficult is this, Jim, to be the Winnipeg Jets trying to retool this thing on the fly, fill holes that you're going to create by trading guys away and keep this team competitive? You know what? I'm like, my just point just to think, this whole like, discussion just think about or, how difficult yeah, that is. My point We're, to this whole under, discussion under is under this entire cap era right now. Do do it, do it. My point to this whole discussion is is if the cap was up five to ten million dollars, these guys would be gone. There'd be teams acquiring these guys and signing them to $9 million a year. There's always somebody. And and I think Hellebuck and Shifley would be gone. And they would be gone at teams that are re-signing these guys for seven years at eight-plus million. But the cap's not there. Yeah, it's just not. And, and I, I rarely say this. What I was going to say is I rarely say this of the economics of it, but Connor Hellebuck deserves $9 million a year. He does. Yeah. It just It's not there. Rudy texts the show, and we were talking about what the youngest and oldest team in the National Hockey League was. I I, I apologize, Rudy, because he sends a text message. The Columbus are the youngest team. Pittsburgh is the oldest. Columbus average age of 25.3. Pittsburgh, 31.1. I I didn't add the Jets in there. Of course, I grabbed that number. Uh, They are uh, 22nd uh, youngest team. 28.1 is the average. So... They're in close to the bottom third, if not in the bottom third of the league in terms of age. So this isn't a young up-and-coming team anymore. The Winnipeg Jets are the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, Jets. look at Alex Kalorn, right? So he's mm-hmm. one. He has cash. Is he a $6 million player over the next five to six years? There's no way. And I love Kalorn a lot yeah. as a player. But he's won some championships. It's time to make money. Mm-hmm. So he went to Anaheim, and he's going to make a ton of money. I'm I'm a hundred percent with him on so that. So then in, I respect that like so you wouldn't believe. If anybody else wants to make a ton of money, enjoy Anaheim, enjoy Arizona. If you want to make a decent amount of money and a chance to win, your options circle back around to Winnipeg. Let's take a break. On the other side of this, we'll come back. Uh Carlson to Pittsburgh, question mark. We just mentioned that they were the oldest team in the league. They're two point I mean, they, three million dollars over the cap. They have to go for it, but the idea of paying Carlson, uh, like that's it. This is the other part. We I had somebody say you guys were hilarious last week when I said this, but if if Eric Carlson was on the market today, just won the Norris and put up a hundred points, only the sixth defenseman to put up a hundred points, he wouldn't get what he's making right now. Nope, no chance. He would not get a eleven point five million as a free agent right now, having won the Norris and put up a hundred points. Having this is this is a great little story. Former Winnipeg Jet excelling in a new sport. What could it be? I'll tell you after this. Jets at noon on six eighty CJOB. Well, they're gonna start calling him Iron Brian, Brian Little, <laughs> doing. Former Iron Jets. Brian's a good handle. Oh, did you just come up with yeah, that? Yeah, I did. That is a great handle. Iron Brian, the wrestler. Is that a wrestler? From parts unknown, Iron Brian. (laughs) Jets forward, Iron Brian Little. uh, Won his age category at the Iron Man in Muskoka. Age 25 to 39. Top top time. Parts unknown, Iron Brian. Not so little. Pretty impressive. That's very impressive, actually. You got to be, I guess you you got that athletic prowess. You got to put it towards somewhere. Well, and really, the as part of Jamie Thomas's great piece was the mental health aspect. Of yeah. It. So you're an NHL player for years, and it is over like that. And you've been doing it your whole life. It's not like deteriorating. It's not like you yeah. can't get a contract. It's not like you're not playing a lot. It's over. 
And uh, the mental aspect of finding something that drives you like this. Good for him. I'm going to follow this. No, Did you absolutely. imagine being an Olympian one year? <laughs> well, he's a little old. True, but that's what makes it a great story. <laughs> maybe the senior games? Yeah, maybe. No, it's, you know, honestly, like, great, good for him to be, yeah. to do something like that, man. Like, you got to have cojones to get into an Ironman. If you're a man oh, or yeah. a woman, you got to have cojones. What's your, what's your favorite or worst part of a triathlon? Swimming would be Yeah, worse. I love... The, oh, really? I love swimming. I, oh, I think the swimming I, would be the no. best. The cycling I, I would sink. be okay. The running would be... I can't. I what can't. are we doing here? Can I can, somebody, no, the running, can I just walk? I'd prefer to do the running over anything else. No. I don't mind running. Really? You're a runner? I like to run. No, I run I run two miles twice a week. If I ever went to the gym and forgot my iPad and there wasn't a TV... My iPod, sorry. my wasn't a TV. I'd go home and get oh, on the no, treadmill. I don't like I can't My run. ass hurts when I bike. No, I, I like love it. cycling and I love no. swimming. Hey! I, I sink. I'll swim and bike. You run. Let's go in a triathlon together. That's all it takes. Anyways, Jim Toe take all the way until 3 o'clock. Thank you very much to Jeffrey Fortier for producing the show. That's it for me. That's time of nine hours and 38 minutes, the team of Toe Poitras. It took them a day. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.